When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stand going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that doesn't know a better name for cum than Nutter Butter. <laughs> oh no! I love those cookies, and now I hate them. You know, you love them even more. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. <laughs> I'm Kyle Getz, and we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality. And God damn it! <laughs> what? What? No, no, why'd you have to sully Nutter Butters for me? I mean, once you think about it, like. It's it's definitely it's come. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> it, it's, for shizzles. It is jizzles. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Great. Uh, today we're going to talk about vulnerability. The, the totally comfortable subject of vulnerability. Yeah. We're going to try to make Dan cry again. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be very easy. Uh, and we're going to have a guest. Yeah, we're going to have Davy Wavy back on. Davy Wavy's going to be back. Um, and and his friend, whatever. And his friend? Yeah, front. And his front. Yeah. Oh, we're going to see him on Skype, which yeah. is always the best part about recording with Davey Wavy. Just the handsomeness? Yeah, you just mm-hmm. like get to record and, and look at beautiful things. It's, mm-hmm. it's great. Um, but but first, first, I want to thank Patreon members, Nicholas Tabrizi. Nicholas Fabrizi. Wait, did I already say his name? I definitely remember a Fabrice joke but yeah. in, in our recent past, but, but okay, well. it's never too late. To spray that shit again. Yes. <laughs> For the first time. <laughs> the, the right time is five minutes after because it wore off and your your shit still st- stinks because you didn't clean it. Um, yep. Okay. I would like to thank Patreon members Christopher Garrison. Christopher Garrison. Garrison would be a cool first name. Isn't that like a, it's like a place where soldiers live. Do they live in his butt? I, if he's lucky. Um, <laughs> uh, Richard Watkins. Richard Watkins. Dick Watts, Dick. as we call him. <laughs> and Jacob yeah. Jacob Rainey. Jacob Rainey. It's rainy today. It's, it's Seattle, Jacob. Have you been to Seattle? We're recording it's in rainy. the Jacob Rainey right now. Um, yeah, so thank you to all our Patreon members. Y'all are great. Thank and, you. And beautiful and awesome. Yeah, we assume. We can't see you, which is probably a good thing. No, everyone's beautiful, Mike. We don't have to see them to know. Cool. Okay. You have disagree. no you okay. have no opinions about that. It's totally fine. Okay. Are you doing the news? Yeah, let's do some news. So, okay. 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 Mhm. Mhm. Time is weird. Mhm. We're like an episode ahead and that makes everything weird. Yeah. But but just that's I okay. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so cool. So because it's tomorrow, we for sure missed it. But I wanted to say tomorrow t- for t- us tomorrow, in our time which is like four or five yesterdays yep for (laughs) for you listening yeah uh anyway it is by visibility day yeah so hi bye people hi (laughs) we see you we see you uh i got new contacts my vision is clear and now i see the bisexuals everywhere yeah i what Sorry, what, what what Kyle said made me think of the movie They Live, where like if you wear special glasses, you can see that people are actually aliens. And, oh. Yeah. By people, by people thinks, are basically aliens. Dan thinks you're aliens, so that's cool. <laughs> it, if there were glasses that could let you see people's gen, like sexuality. Oh, I thought you were gonna say genitals. Or well, okay, that too. That's, that's a different fanfic altogether. This... But uh, would you wear them? Is the question. No. 
No. Because I don't... Not think... the genitals thing. Like, the oh, sexual oh, that's orientation what I thing. Couldn't... Like, you wore glasses and, like, over everybody's head was, like, their sexual orientation. Yeah, I would. You would? Yeah. Although, like, that, w- I feel like that would lead to a lot of disappointment. Because I'd be like, whoever's back that is when I'm on the bus is like, man, I'm going to pretend like that guy's front looks incredible and also he's pretty gay. Yeah. And that would ruin at least part of that uh, fantasy. I have a lot of fantasies about the back of people sweet, that I see. Sweet fantasy, baby. It was just recently like the 10 year anniversary of that album or something. Really? 20 year anniversary? How long has Mariah Carey been uh, a thing? And I forget the, the song that she sampled for that song. Yeah. It's probably called No, it came on. I'm trying to remember where I was. It came on the radio and, and I, I was like, yeah, that's not Mariah Carey. That's the oh. song she stole. Oh. Anyway. Okay. Did you know Tuflo was by? She wrote a big like love letter to bisexuals. I know you're you're really trying real hard for me to care about her, and and it's it's maybe working because like I don't I don't not care. Okay, all right, we're getting there. But I don't care. Every every little bit helps. Yeah. Okay. Great. Next, you ready? Yeah. Okay. So this is gonna suck. Great. Black trans women get murdered. Yeah. A whole, whole bunch. Yeah. In, and uh, trans people of color. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, real quick, the names of the black trans women known to have been murdered this year are Tracy Single, Dana Martin, Jazeline Ware, Ashanti Carmen, Claire Legato, Malaysia Booker, Michelle Washington, Paris Cameron, Chinal Lindsay, Sh- probably Chinal, C-H-Y-N-A-L. Chinal Lindsay, Chanel Skurlock, Zoe Spears, Brooklyn Lindsay, Denali Berries, Stucky, Kiki Fantroy, and Pebbles Ladime Doe. So um, there's actually a really interesting thing happening in New York that they're calling the Black Trans Travel Fund. It's a mutual aid project that will help that will try to help black trans women move safely through spaces that um. seem, on the basis of all the available evidence, violently opposed to their very existence so if they are stuck in a city building location that is unsafe for them helps them get to a more safe place yeah it just like part of the thing is this fund is being created (laughs) because trans people can't walk from one place to Mm. the other like that's how fucking dangerous and horrible their lives are yeah there has to be a fund for moving oh oh god it's not like moving to a different city it's like walk from like across the street or like go outside and get your mail yep oh fuck that makes me that's yeah so devin lowe is an actor and he is queer and his partner is a black trans woman and he he wanted to start this because his partner has described daily harassment that she faces when using public transportation and um so he set up the bttf the black trans travel fund quote my goal for the black trans travel fund is to truly provide a greater level of safety for black transgender women across the united states when it comes to travel Lowe says as well as making it easier for allies of black trans women to leverage their resources in order to offset the financial cost of private transportation for black trans women that is often so difficult to afford Hmm. well allies can donate directly to the fund which has a simple process Women in need of funding can request up to $50 for travel twice a month by filling out a form. Oh, like help them with the private. They can then purchase car rides home using services like Uber or Lyft. And the goal is when they get enough funding, they're going to develop their own app so that women can request rides directly from previously vetted drivers, Hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway, yep. The the BTTF, the Black Trans Travel Fund. 
consider making a donation after you pay us on Patreon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last but not least, um, do you know the band Soft Cell? No. Um, Tainted Love was probably oh, their yes. their biggest hit. I did that one time for karaoke, and no one cared. Oh, that's <laughs> that's my story. I'm sorry, Kyle. Thank you. I care ex post facto. Great. Uh, and that, the only reason I know it is from the Coneheads. Yep. 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 That's not true. I knew it before that, but that's the. Yeah. It, it did feature pretty heavily in that song because the Coneheads make that eh, eh, noise, and they. Were... <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, okay. That's hilarious. Anyway, okay. So singer Mark Almond of Soft Cell is uh, apparently now a hero of turfs on oh, Twitter. Fuck. Um, he's gay himself, but he said, "Quote." I draw the line after LGBT. Anything after that is alienating, not inclusive. Um, Wait, if he's a turf but includes T, because yeah. you can't be turfy and also include T in your LGBT. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Brandon. Wait, was that his name? Mark. Mark. <laughs> um, Mark Pecan. He just said he's not playing the game of gender identity. I've always wanted a world without labels. One big melting pot, as Blue Mink said. Sorry, bad song. Or people are people, as Depeche Mode said. Now I have over a hundred to choose from. Sorry, not playing that game. He's deleted the tweets. This isn't a game. This is real life. Yeah. Brandon. Brandon. <laughs> um, so it just it just goes to show that, like, sometimes queers suck, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And just because you're gay doesn't mean you support all minorities which is fucked up especially those in our community and being gay doesn't mean i i would say like you know there's no rules or regulations but i want to cast out <laughs> i guess with a spell because that's what that implies to me anyway like if you don't support all of lgbt you're not allowed to be a part of this community i wish we could say that i mean yeah. we can't because he he's g so yeah but yeah yeah um i also think that Donald Trump should take a page out of this book, right? Like, so, so mm -hmm. the, the, the turfs, the turfs notice his tweets, they upvoted them or whatever the fuck you do on Twitter. And, <laughs> and, uh, he deleted them and has since tried to apologize. I don't know if I'm buying the apologies or not, but the, the Donald Trump factor is this. If shitty people like what you're saying, think about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Like if white supremacists go, yes, what you're no. saying is fantastic. This really resonates <laughs> with me. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. Consider, reconsider your life. <laughs> That's it. That's the news for now. Oh boy. Yeah. There's a lot there. We need like, you know how news is like always is like, and now that was so depressing. Here are babies, you yeah. know, like we need our, like what's, what's our version of, should we just keep singing fantasy? Great. They're happy. Make, they're happy. They're now. happy. They're, they feel great. <laughs> now they're thinking about how Mariah Carey's lost her voice. And so now they're, now they're sad. She can't oh. go anymore. The whistle register is shitty for your voice. I, and it shows Mariah. Oh God. Okay. Uh, vulnerability. Let's talk about vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, uh, as I said to you the other night, I want to do this episode in part because you are terrible at this. I've okay. <laughs> we both acknowledge because you said this after. I've gotten so much better in the past Way like better. three years. Like it might be the podcast. I think that definitely plays a part, <laughs> a, a big part for sure. But yeah, it's something I've been really shitty at. I've been working on. Um, 
you know, I used to say when you go on first dates with people, the goal or like dates in general, you just lie, lie, lie until you trap them. And then you're like, okay, let me tell you all the shit. I'm trying to change that into being honest and open. Yeah. So yeah, I'm working on it. Well, good. Continue working. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, I I mean, I I think we're going to talk about it. We're going to what? You're good at it in like, sometimes you're like, you'll, when I remember when you and Trevor were going through like rough times, not necessarily divorcing, but you posted on Facebook, Hey, just want to let everyone know this is what I'm going through. Yeah. And I was like, Oh God, he's telling people the honest truth about his personal <laughs> situation. That's too much. Yeah. And like, yeah. but you're very good about like being open w- with your friends in public in, you know, I try, I, know. I, I try. Do you I, feel I, that way? Do you feel like you're good at it? Um, I mean, if one of the symptoms of vulnerability, that's a weird way to put it, uh, is is being genuine. I feel like I'm pretty genuine. Yeah. Like what's going on on the inside, I pretty much mirror it on the outside. Yeah. Um, and- my face does, but my mouth does. <laughs> like my face is like, you're a crazy bitch. But then I say like, hello, nice to meet you. Or like, you have reasonable opinions or whatever I say. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm sure we'll talk about it with, with Davey. I, I think that, you know, we don't raise boys to be open mm, and honest mm, mm. and emotional especially i have and some data on that great uh so should we talk to davy wavy yeah i guess so <laughs> <laughs> mild to neutral on <laughs> no, today, but, I oh yeah we have to get out he doesn't i don't think he wants to be called like d money or anything yeah. so we'll go ahead and get that out of the way yeah dizzle whizzle yeah yeah <laughs> Sorry, I really like this little whistle. <laughs> okay, okay. But yeah, we're, we're going to take a break and when we're back, we're going to be talking to Davey Wavy yeah. about, about vulnerability. Yeah, let's do it. Great. Should, let's take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? Is we're it, back. We're back. <laughs> That's why I was looking at you like that. Oh, uh, yeah. That's my line, huh? Yeah. yeah yep. Okay. Yep. Credit. It's up to you. Um, And we're here with Davey Wavy. Hey guys! Hi, Davy Wavy. We. I can't believe you keep inviting me back. <laughs> we, 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 yeah, us either. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It, it, it keeps either. happening. Yeah, um, but thanks for being on. Um, if my pleasure. If you're listening to this when it comes out, then uh, the same day we're also going to be on Davy Wavy's podcast, um, Himros Live. So check out yes. our appearance on that. Do we know what the topic is? It's video? it's a video called come lover but oh it's my like god did you plan that for me thank you well it's come <laughs> it's come and, and then comma lover so it's like oh. come, come lover not come lover not like come dumpster oh okay it's a never play mind. on words never mind i like it less yeah. but still <laughs> still good so check that out um okay we're gonna talk about vulnerability yeah and well first we, we should have like a definition right like because i think people think of vulnerability as being like you know, I, I get, I have allergies, you know, like that's a vulnerability. Like when, when, Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, we're talking about like emotional vulnerability. Yeah. Being vulnerable, being yeah. vulnerable, being yourself, being genuine, being when it's uncomfortable or not a good, I always think about vulnerability as like revealing bad things about yourself. <laughs> I don't know what that means about me that that's like what I associate it with. Like, I, th- I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Davey Wavy, do you feel like, I mean, you kind of like put a lot of yourself out there. Do you feel like you are the person people see in your videos? Uh, yes. 
So I think to an extent, I think that like when you watch the news at night, like the way that the newscasters speak is obviously different than how they speak in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think when you're doing something for YouTube, you kind of like turn up the inflection in your voice. You make yourself sound more interesting. Yeah. In reality, I'm like a lot more low key than that. But the person that comes across is consistent um, with who I am. Like I get to be the same person at work as I do in my real life and in, in my content, which is a privilege because most people kind of have to put on a mask like when they do what they do. Yeah. I've always, I mean, until recently, because I don't care about my job. Um, I, like, yeah, I've had a very distinct separation as my work me, as my like personal me. I like put on the work version of myself to like just... I don't know. I worry that if people know, like if people know I'm like having a shitty time with depression, then they're going to be like, can I even trust you to do this job? Like, that's my fear. Is it exhausting to like have to maintain like two versions of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like part of being gay is like the like closing. Yeah. We have like 10 versions of ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's where I learned it to like close myself off is like, you know, you learn early on that being yourself is not cool. So you put on a version of yourself that people, or at least that was my coping mechanism, putting on a version of myself that was acceptable to people. And that's what I'm trying to like undo. I mean, I think everybody compartmentalizes. Everybody has the hat that they wear when they're at work and the hat they wear when they're at home with their family. It's just a question of like, how different are those hats? Like how, how different of a person are you? Cause everybody has some of it. Right. Um, yeah. And the more different it is probably the more energy it takes to maintain it. So like if you're pretending at work that you're straight and you're gay and you're having to change pronouns when you talk about your boyfriend and Mm. being like that shit is just like you feel for it. But man, that's exhausting. Yeah. it's, It's like you can't trust like other people just get to say the things they think. Right. And you have to like every thought you have is like, does this make me seem gay? Does this or even if you're out like is this an appropriate thing to say right now it's like so questioning every single word you say yeah that's like exhausting do do you have a definition of vulnerability like what are you guys what is it oh. what does it mean to you i don't know you like definitions mike do you i uh, i no no i i didn't look up a definition for it mm. but the the concept of just uh authenticity that what's going yeah. on on the inside is what's happening on the outside i, mm-hmm. I think is is vulnerability at its core cuz ultimately when we talk about being vulnerable you're just you're being willing to expose what's already there so you're you're adding a layer of authenticity it's almost like a willingness to be seen yeah yeah maybe like, that's like why, truly seen I, and i feel like that's why i associate it with something negative it's like vulnerability is sharing something that may not seem like puts you in the best light because like that's the difficult part about it is it's like it's showing weakness or, or what yeah. people assume is weakness by being well, honest. And we've been taught that like our whole life is yeah. like, if you're vulnerable, like vulnerability is a sign of weakness. We like get out of bed and we put on like our layers of armor and like, you know, f- to ensure that people don't see who we really are because like, if you are vulnerable, you let people in and, and, and people can hurt you. And for me, I think vulnerability requires being courageous. Yeah. Right. And, and if you are courageous and vulnerable often enough, like you're going to get hurt. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's going to happen, but you do it, you do it anyway, because, because you do want to be seen. Okay. You're often <laughs> on you. What? I don't know. We just got really deep. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like we're Brene, Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Yeah. Yeah. You, Mike, you played a video of hers to be like, 
hey, it's cool to be genuine. Yeah. <laughs> you were, I think you were like trying to be like, hey, here's a hint. Like people like authenticity and like it when you admit that you're flawed. I mean, I think that's part of what we uh, talk about on the podcast is just like being very honest about things we suck at or or have challenges about and, and like vulnerability helps people understand and relate and feel less alone. It's also like every real conversation that you have, like the most interesting conversations are the ones that are the most vulnerable. Yeah. Like that's when you start to get into the meat of it. It's why your podcast is entertaining because you guys are authentic and vulnerable and people people relate to that. Oh like God. if everyone's just keeping a guard up the whole time, like, yeah, it, you know, like do you, it's old. Do you think there's any connection to like you are physically vulnerable by like often appearing shirtless in your videos like is there for you any connection to like physical or clothing well <laughs> i don't know it's interesting because I, I don't like i'm fairly muscular and so i think in a society that like generally like puts musculature like on a pedestal like it doesn't require that much vulnerability for a muscular guy to take oh, his shirt off oh, okay um Having said that, like I do have a lot of insecurities about the way that I look. It's always surprising to me when we work with porn stars, like guys who go to the gym far more than I do and who have like, you know, nine and a half inch dicks and like <laughs> eight packs and perfect everything are some of the most like insecure people that that I've met. Like there's not actually a relationship between looking a certain way and being confident. Yeah. You would think they have all the confidence in the world. Yeah. But I do think there's a difference between like I talk about vulnerability a lot. There's a difference between talking about vulnerability and and being vulnerable, right? <laughs> like, and that's what we're doing today, which is a lot scarier. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, wait. Before we get into ourselves being vulnerable, I have some data that ties of into you this. Do. <laughs> is this real? Is this real data? This is real. <laughs> I, know. I feel like every time I come on, you have a, a list of, I'm like, does he just make this up? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll just 10% of the <laughs> st studies are fake. You guess which ones? <laughs> no, that's not true. No, they're all real. Um, okay. This one is, uh, reported effects of masculinity ideals on gay men. So like very, like exactly what we're talking about. Uh, by Francisco J. Sanchez, Stephanie T. Greenberg, William Ming Lu, and Eric V. Um, and it came out in 2019. I don't know what this magazine, but the shortened version is Psychol Men Mask. I don't know what that means, but that's the magazine it showed up in. Psychology of Male Men Masculinity? I don't know. Hey, okay. So here's like they interviewed like over 500 uh, or over 500 people did uh, a survey online and kind of the the connections they made are gay men still are affected by the standards of masculinity you know just because you you break from one you know masculine norm fucking dudes doesn't mean you like are now completely separate or outside of it you're they're still affected by masculine ideals and those masculine ideals restrict the ability for gay men to have emotions so what this study said is yes there are lots of studies that confirm that heterosexual men can't show affection or are not allowed to based on masculine ideals. But that's what a lot of people said in this survey, that it, it still does affect gay people. And the interesting thing is then you have two men in relationship that both are taught they can't be emotional. So there's different, this is my editorializing. So there's different challenges yeah. than in a male, female relationship. 
That's interesting because I feel like as men in general, the only emotion that we're taught to express is anger. Yeah. Yeah. Like anything else is a sign of weakness. So that's interesting what you're saying of you take two people who are brought up in that world. It doesn't matter that we're gay. Like we're still brought up, you know, in that same culture. And then you put two of those people together. I mean, at least they both can identify with the same shared experience versus a guy and a girl where the woman is taught that she can, you know, be more emotional and in touch with their feelings. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, it's a scary thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then what they say is, and this is all like, uh, I was going to say conjecture. That's not, this is a study. What's the thing. Oh, quality, qualitative. So this is, uh, you know, not, I don't have the percentages, but they say that one way men cope with this is sex. Uh, gay men cope with this is sex because that's a way they are allowed to express intimacy. So they use sex as a way they don't know how to express it. So sex is a, a way for them to express intimacy without having to be emotional. Wow. This is depressing. <laughs> but, I mean, so Kyle reads that. In did it. you wait? But, did you think this was going to be a really cool, happy episode? I was so excited to talk oh, about vulnerability. Not anymore. You're done. <laughs> you just have to go all of a sudden. Well, yeah, someone's at my, my door. bus hey. is here. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. I no, no. I mean, you you read that, and and it, my first thought is, oh, that checks out. Like I definitely see that when I go <laughs> go out to the gayberhood and and look around, it it it's sure seems to me like there's a, a a dearth of intimacy in the gay community and a lot of sex is happening just to try to fill that void. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so can I ask a question? All right. So this sure. is we just did a retreat in Albany, New York, and we had this was for him Rose TV, my my erotic site, um, and we picked eight guys to fly in from across the country. And these were like not porn stars, just people who have like normal jobs. And um, they created with us 12 erotic videos and four documentaries. So A, it required a tremendous amount of vulnerability for people who are, you know, ages 20 through like 75 um, to take all their clothes off and to connect with this way and be super intimate. But we filmed a video called, uh, what are you looking for? And it's based on obviously the question that guys ask on Grinder, and you know, like the response. If someone says to me, like, "What are you looking for?" I could be like, "Well, I'm looking for a hung top." Um, <laughs> maybe I'm projecting here, but so our actually our tantric instructor Brad once told me he said, "Davy, no matter how many big dicks you take, it'll never be enough to fill the hole in your heart." Oh, <laughs> that's exactly what we're talking about. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, I was like. It, like you know when someone like knocks the wind out of you yeah. <laughs> like the truth was so like like acute that i was just yeah. like <gasps> it knocked the wind out of your soul so we we asked the guys we did this like talking circle and we said well what are you looking for and there were initially a lot of answers like that if a guy asked you on grinder what are you looking for they're like, oh, you know i'm looking for this i'm looking for that and like if i'm spending three hours on grinder in an afternoon with it open like it's about more than a big like what are you really looking for yeah and so we kind of went around the circle and like you know are and and i'd ask you guys the question like what are you looking for on grinder is it like beyond kind of the superficial is it is it intimacy like are you looking to fill that void are you looking to be validated to feel like a sense of worth 
Um, Boy, to feel I... anything? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking to feel numb so I can <laughs> avoid the horrors of everyday life. Yeah. Uh, no, I think. Well, it's funny when I respond to this. So, like, the frustrating thing is like when someone asks that, and the other person is like, "Oh, I don't know, whatever." I'm like, "I'm down." It's like that answer is so frustrating because it's like not being vulnerable. It's not being vulnerable, and it's just like I don't have anywhere to go from this conversation now. So I try to do the like here are the things sexually I'm open to. And I always like hedge my bets as well. And like also be like, but ultimately looking for a long-term relationship so that like either, (laughs) like either way I can be like, we maybe can still do whatever you want to do. But that is ultimately true. Like my goal, my end goal is to have a long-term relationship. I want to get married and, and like you can want to fuck someone into a relationship. (laughs) No, you could. But what, for me, it's like, even like, what is that long-term relationship a symbol of? Oh, like what does that represent? Oh. Like, are you really looking for a long-term relationship or like, what is it? The, the, are you looking to not feel alone? You know, like if we're yeah. talking about, about vulnerability here, like what's. Yeah. That you're valuable enough for somebody else to invest in that you deserve yeah. love. I mean, that, like, it's also like, uh, it I, all hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a hung top. Um, uh, I like for me, it's like, Hey society, I have a boyfriend. So like, I'm I'm cool like don't worry I'm cool it's like it's like when you have a full-time job you're like no no I'm like legit enough to get this job like I'm cool enough to get a boyfriend so that must mean I'm okay but another part of it is like the the things you should want from a relationship or at least I don't know uh love uh comfort someone to care for you uh yeah feeling of not like not being alone like being with someone um I don't know someone to wipe my butt when I'm old (laughs) to to flip the script a little bit i've been really trying to be vulnerable on grinder and say what i what i want is is intimacy what i what i want Mm -hmm. is to actually actually netflix and chill like not just have it be about fucking and that's it how does that go over it well i you know my (laughs) i'm I'm batting whatever the opposite of a thousand is (laughs) no uh i mean like I don't want to overstate it, but like I've had some of the best sex of my life in the last month or so. Part of that is coming off of Lexapro and having my dick actually work. But then like the, the other part of it is just really like being being clear. Like I don't just want anal. I want to I want to hang out and build a connection and I want to feel con- like um, intimacy. That's the word. Like I, I, I want to I'm into like body contact and holding on to each other and like looking into each other's eyes when whatever's going down is going down. It's it's Ugh. not only it's not only like good for me. I think it's a necessary component for me. Something we've been talking about on the show a lot lately. I have like a trauma response to sex. I have no history of sexual trauma, but I I have it nevertheless. Where I I feel I feel trapped and scared, and my heart rate goes up, and I'm not having fun having sex. And the only thing that seems to stop that reaction from happening is what I'm talking about. This like let's have a conversation, let's get to know each other, let's build a connection of some kind. So is intimacy for you a stronger element of attraction than say physical appearance? Um. Like that connection, if you have that connection. Yeah, I mean, I think it's physical appearance is something that matters or, or I notice, right? Like um, that's always a component. And then, but you have to have more than a big dick and, and abs to like, for me to actually have fun in a sexual encounter because that, that intimacy component is so necessary. But also you don't need a big dick and abs 
especially if you can find that intimacy i think that's the point of like you don't have to be like well that's my question yeah yeah. like i I mean this is something that i learned on the retreat was we picked eight guys that were really didn't feel like they had like a narrow type like if you look at my ex-boyfriends they all look like almost interchangeable right (laughs) what is what is the template there what do they what do they look like oh they're all like 21 year old twinks with like kind of blondish hair and you know like yeah, like that's that's a type. And what I've realized, especially from this retreat, watching all these guys interact with each other is that like I have left a lot of really good sex on the table by having such a narrow like purview of like what I'm looking for. And what I've leaned into since the retreat and what I'm trying to do in, in my life is, is recognize that like, yeah, like physical attraction, we, we all might have these desires of like, this is what we like. A, a lot of that comes from society and not from ourselves in general. Um, but B, that's just one layer of attraction. Like what you're talking about, that connection can be another security, um, like a, some sort of emotional, like there's there's a lot of other ways to be attracted to someone than just how they look. Uh, and, and, and when you lean into that, it really expands the smorgasbord the cornucopia if you will of 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 options that you have available is that what you're looking for beyond 21 year old twinks yeah i've closed that chapter okay okay (laughs) yeah yeah i closed that chapter in your memoir this is like the twink section it's closed yeah the twink the twink and and in fact i mean what i want now is someone that has a lot more experience in in life and you're not gonna find that in a 21 year old Mm, yeah yeah, but you might in Palm Springs. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other thing, different study in the magazine Violence Vict, uh, from 2003 from Jack M. I said Seattle. That's just where it was. That's not his name. <laughs> his last name is not Seattle. His last name is Seattle. Anyway, uh, he said that, oh, this is men in general, not specific to gay men, but uh, fear of emotion predicted violence in relationships and Ooh. i think that that whoop. go ahead go ahead go ahead sorry oh that, that checks out i just like really yeah that's I, not surprising at all no but... we and i think we talked about who said like anger is an acceptable emotion for men to have right. and it's like that's that's this is why i don't like uh corporal punishment is like it teaches you that the way to deal with anger is to hit someone and like that to me is like, and you know, there are a lot of people that are like, it's my kid. I'll spank them if I want. And like, I guess that's true. But also like, what are you teaching them when you like, you are so angry, you yourself don't have, have the words to express your emotions and hitting someone is the response. So like, that's what you're teaching them. Yeah. And you see this in, in, in relationships. Like if you don't have the tools to talk to your partner about, Hey, like these feelings of jealousy that you have that are coming up and like, here's why, like, here's what I'm bringing to the table. And here's the story I'm telling myself, you know, this is why I feel inadequate. If you just hold that in until you eventually can't anymore and it just erupts out of you as this like, you know, volcanic explosion of anger. That's Uh, what you see. Yeah. Uh, Volcanic explosion of gun violence. I mean, it, it's it's that it's like you know physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, um, or just guys that that aren't capable of communicating with their partners about what they're feeling. Yeah, one of my things is I am, and I'm realizing more and more, I am super sensitive. I feel like that's part of why I put up these walls. I mean, other than the gay thing of like everything hurts my feelings, I have a hard time with. Co- 
conflict. I care a lot about what people think about me because I am like so extremely like sensitive. And that's what like my, all my exes have been like, man, I've had to learn how to talk to you. And because like you, like, ev- like you have to say things in a specific way, otherwise it's going to hurt my feelings and not be productive. So to me, like revealing that part, that sensitive side that doesn't match traditional masculine values is I'm trying to do that more and that's vulnerable to me, but I try to hide how much stuff hurts my feelings. So you do talk about it though. Like you're, you're sensitive, but don't bottle it up. Like you're sensitive, but only recently, like the, okay. the, as I've tried to become more and more my authentic self, I've, I've been better at that. And also as I've learned more about myself through like therapy and I guess talking to Mike is like, <laughs> is understanding myself and knowing why that's, coming out so one way to cope with it sounds like a negative thing but one way that i've learned to deal with this is by being honest about it yeah i i have a friend who has been in situations where similar to like what you're describing and and, and where, where people are sensitive and instead of talking about it often what guys do is they just shut down yeah and they'll be like nothing's wrong yeah uh, nothing's wrong yeah. and you're like okay, well obviously something's wrong <laughs> like like just tell me what it is but we don't have the tools to talk about it yeah and he has been with so many guys who, you know, do wrong by him, not just once, twice. Like he gives them a fourth chance, a fifth chance, a sixth chance and, and doesn't let go. And so I, I was, this is in the context of vulnerability. I, I, I asked him why that is. And I think we kind of have these like talking points that we say to ourselves of like why we do certain things. And it's kind of like the PR spin yeah. on, on what we do. And he's like, yeah. well, you know, like, I just don't give up on people. Like, I think that we can work through this. And you just, and you're just like, okay, no, but like, really, <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's the real answer here? Yeah. And so we kept talking about it and, and, and it took us a while to get there, but finally he was like, look, like I don't let go of these guys because sometimes I just think it's the best that I can get. Uh, and, and like then you're just self-worth is, yeah. Like I can't do any better than these guys who are shit, but yeah. Like, I don't want to be alone. And, and that's when you, that's being vulnerable, not just with other people. Like when he told me that, but it's also being vulnerable with himself to admit that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about like admitting stuff to yourself as being vulnerable, but that's true. Oh, you, you, you should tell your therapist that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that has any relevance on anything. I don't know why I would say that. I I did want to ask about the, um, the, the violence Mm -hmm. within a relationship Mm -hmm. thing. Great. Um, the, the, three sentences I read will probably answer your question. So let's do it. Well, no, it's, I don't, I don't have, I mean, I think we're all in agreement that that makes sense and checks out. Yeah. Um, but like I've been fortunate enough that I've never experienced physical violence in a relationship. I, b- both of the people that I married were, you know, pacifists in that way, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've ever asked or, or heard. Have you had? No, no. Davey? I've had like verbal or emotional abuse but not physical yeah i i haven't either i mean i've i've seen i I guess the way that i usually see that expressed is like with people like shouting at each other and like Mm. you know the anger comes out that way um but most of the relationships i've been in have been too passive aggressive to to express themselves (laughs) that that way yeah is passive aggressivity wait Passive aggressive oh cool yeah good job me um is that like a trait of gay people i feel like like it's that just kind Seattle, of, isn't it? Like, no, <laughs> no I think there's something like about the, like the snarkiness or like the something about gay people that's like 
kind of passive aggressive, like not directly addressing the thing, but like still being like condescending or I don't know. I mean, I think the stereotype that I have in my head is, is just the bitchy queen. Like yeah. the, the bitchy queen is I'm going to control the narrative and what we're talking about. And by extension, what we're not, hmm. but that's different than what you were saying. Yeah. That's, that's like cunty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like cuntiness. Cuntiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being passive aggressive is just another way of not being able to talk about your feelings, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not addressing exactly like what right. exactly is wrong. The, right. the other thing I wanted to talk about in this space is if fear of emotion leads to physical violence within relationships, I think that it also likely leads to self-harm, right? Like violence mm. against yourself is, is another way of doing that. I mean, that's that's kind of your MO, right? Like like your the way that you act out is typically self-destructive. Like that's when, true. And but and and I guess, I guess that's true of like a lack of like when I get in my worst places. One, I, I can't control my, mo I can't figure out, I, I don't have like good ways to express what's happening or I feel so shitty and I don't reach out to people. That's a big thing for my like lack of vulnerability is like, it's really difficult for me to say I need help or I'm not like. All of your friends know radio silence means it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you don't hear from me for like, you know, four days, then one of my friends, like I, w I just went went to a cabin with some uh, actually i think with you um where i didn't have internet or anything and one of my friends was so worried he called my work and was like did kyle come in today he texted all my friends he was about to like file a police report that i was missing like and then someone was like let's send him a facebook message and see if he gets that and like <laughs> you know i replied and was like i'm alive but yeah for me silence is deadly and and so when you do that like when you try to like treat yourself with silence it, it like does that strategy work for you or does it make you feel worse like, no it, it like yeah it's definitely that bottling in and that's to me where self-harm has come in is like i don't have a way to express this in or i do have a way but i don't but i feel like i don't have any way of dealing with this and and self-harm but like also like physically but also like other ways of like the way i talk to myself in my head especially during those times is like very self-destructive and the moment i reach out to someone or talk about it it completely diffuses that or not completely, so is, but it helps a lot so is that is that like so having said that so like like the silence like distancing yourself from the world doesn't make you feel better but what does make you feel better is connecting with other people and getting that support yeah like, is that now your strategy, like moving forward when you're in that place? Or do you continue to do the silence thing? I think I've been better at being like, I'm not way great. better. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and my therapist and I like came up with like a one sheet. I'm like really bad at like being like, I don't need to do this activity. This is not a Spanish workbook. Like I don't have to like physically write the answers to things, but I'm trying to get better at like just writing stuff does help. So we made like a one sheet. What are your, what are your tactics when you're feeling your worst? Uh, you know part of it is like reaching out to people like what are activities you can do go for right. a walk with your dog like i can write i can you know they're so we've come up with a strategy who are the people like list the people and their contact information of who you can reach out to here in crisis hotlines like just coming up with that kind of tactical plan for how to get myself out of those or what to do when i'm in those moments and P PSA if you have a therapist that gives you homework like here's a sheet with blanks to fill in and you're the type of person that thinks I don't need to actually do that I know what the point is you are the person that needs to fill out the fucking worksheet yeah. like I love that how practical that is like it's just it's like based in logic like it's like okay 
like this hasn't worked for you. Here are the things that have worked for you. Like let's write them down. And so yeah. when you're in this place again, like you have effective ways of getting yourself into a better headspace. Yeah. And I think it's that thing of like, you know, there's like a lot of ideas why you should write it down. There are a lot of ideas I have in my head of like, oh yeah, I know this, I know this. But when you're in that emotional state, you're not thinking logically. So knowing, oh, actually I've written down three different things that can help me right now. It does help like, yeah, bring some logic to an otherwise illogical or very emotional state. Was that your vulnerable thing that you were going to share? Or is there more? No, I've already shared that. So oh. it's just like a you have something else. I can't you have something else on top of that. I can't repackage. Oh yeah, why don't we do? Well, let's start. We'll I'll see how juicy y'all's are. Do you want to do? Do y'all want to? What we're gonna do? So we've talked about the idea of vulnerability, and David, you said you even said this like you talk about vulnerability, but actually doing it, exhibiting it, is a different thing. Yeah. Um, well, you just did. I think like what you just exhibited was that wasn't just talking about vulnerability. That was being vulnerable. But yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, then that, that'll count. That'll count. I only have so much well, vulnerability to give in a day. So, but um, yeah, that's something I wanted to do is have us actually do that together. So, Mike, do you? So, I asked you both if you would like reveal something that makes you feel vulnerable, whatever that means to you. Oh man, I told you this before. No, I know, I know, I know. Oh, I, you still have the oh man reaction. Yeah, like it just happened last week. I went to I went to an Incubus concert. And is that your vulnerable thing? You no. still like Incubus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot to share. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for opening up. <laughs> but they the the song uh, I I miss you from I think it's on Morning View. They did that, and it's like a one of my very favorite songs that they've ever done. But B, it just it reminds me so much of my ex husband. And I just started crying in the middle of this concert. Like, thank God everybody's like yelling and screaming and, and clapping and not paying attention to me. But mm. I, um. I guess the, the vulnerable moment is how quickly still after more than two years of not being together, how many things will just trigger immediate feelings about him and they come rushing out and not always at appropriate times. And, um, and, and I also weirdly find that embarrassing. Like, you like, this is an interesting place because in general you are open and honest in a way that make gives me anxiety <laughs> but you, so you are open about like hey this reminded me of trevor but yeah you always express some kind of embarrassment or guilt or something and i think that's part part of vulnerability is like i don't feel good about like this does not make me feel good to have this quality i am embarrassed about that and do it but revealing it anyway yeah but and i think that's what helps is like especially if you have people that will do this in your life like not having judgment and being like making you feel like you're still okay as a person, even though like uh, to me, it's not surprising that you still think about your ex that you were married to and with for seven, eight years, eight years, yeah. which is 52 years in gay world. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, although it feels weird to you, it is not surprising to anyone else. And everyone's like, yeah, of course you think about him and that's normal and you're okay. Well, I, I think what, what, what makes vulnerability hard is the sense of shame that I yeah. I shouldn't have these feelings and don't want other people to see me having them. Yeah. Like it, it makes it really, uh, I guess it's, it, it is vulnerable. But yeah. Yeah. I, shame and vulnerability are like super tied together. Wait, have you read Brene Brown? <laughs> 
No, you just made me watch that video. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which video was it? Was it the the power the of TED vulnerability? Talk? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has like twenty million views. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I watched it years ago, and I I wish I remembered. Maybe maybe at some like heart level, I do remember what she said, but it, that that's one of the most five viewed TED talks. Yeah. Um, Shit. What's number yeah. one? Uh, I think it's that woman that had a stroke. Oh yeah, Jan Bolton Taylor. Brain- Yes. That, yeah. I uh, that was a really interesting one. Her, so, her what's voice. your? Are you going to do a TED Talk at any point, Davy? What would your TED Talk be about? The evolution of gay porn, gay yeah, porn involved. That's, 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 that's what I'll do. Okay, that would actually be a really interesting one for it's, sure. Porn it'd be niche. The internet. Ye- yeah. It'd be niche. Check out himros.tv to see how Davy <laughs> Wavy has adapted porn to fit our modern lifestyle. I, I have a question though about your story about your ex-husband. Um, you said you felt embarrassed about what, like, what part of that is embarrassing? Like being at a, like, could you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, the word that stands out to me is still. I still, the fact that I still have those feelings. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a very analytical part of me that thinks that it should be over by now. That like, uh, and maybe feels, um. Hmm. cheated in a way like that I'm still spending all this emotional energy on a person that didn't want to be with me and and he so oh, it, well it, he wanted to be with you he decided at the end that like he wanted to be with you for the time you were together so just flat out saying he didn't want to be with you negates the a lot of the relationship sure it, maybe make it present tense. The fact that I'm still investing a bunch of emotional energy mm. in a person that clearly isn't investing it back because he's no longer with yeah, me. Yeah. Um, but then, so that's, that's the, the, the shame about the feeling itself. And then I feel out of control and like, I'm going to be seen as out of control. Like if part of your question is standing there at the concert, why am I freaking out embarrassed about having this emotional reaction? It's, it's, I, I try really hard to keep it together. And then when I don't, like when one sneaks past the goalie, then um, I I feel like I failed and that it just. I like that you just connected your vulnerability with impregnating women (laughs) on accident like that. (laughs) It's a sports reference. Come on. No, No, it's a, it got through the condom reference. I know, but that's because of sports. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay. Anyways. (laughs) What, What I'm hearing you say is that like when you're crying at the concert, people are seeing you in a way that you don't want them. You don't want to be seen. Yeah. Um, Crying in public. Yeah. That's like a very vulnerable state. It's, it's also, I mean, if, if you've ever lived in, in New York city, like crying in the subway is incredibly, it's, it's a great cathartic experience. <laughs> have you done, like have a, you done that? Oh, I'm sure I cry all the time. Oh really? Time. Yeah. I cried like 38 times at this retreat that we did. Like <laughs> I just cry all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Davy Wavy, do you have an, a vulnerable thing you want to share? Yeah, I can share something. Um, we got a uh, maybe like a month, month and a half ago, we got an email from a guy that was, I think he was like around eighty, and he had just come out of the closet, oh, wow. and he had been Catholic his whole life, and had never had sex because he thought it was a sin. So he was eighty years old realizes that he doesn't believe in God. Not only does he like come out of the closet, he's also like, okay, like don't believe in God. I don't know what I've done with my life. And he was saying that he um, enjoyed our videos. And and he said that 
he hopes someday to be fuckable. That was his desire to someday be fuckable. And when we read his comment, our response was, well, like, you don't have to wait. Here's the good news. <laughs> like you are fuckable. And, you know, it has nothing to do with your age or your size or your dick size or whatever. Like being fuckable is our birthright. So I was telling this to a friend, we were driving somewhere and, uh, and, he, and he, like I was saying, like, this is why we're doing this work. This is what I want people to know. I want people to know that they're fuckable. And he was like, okay, like, why is that your message? And I said, well, I think it's just something that people need to hear. We're not hearing it enough. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm happy to be that champion. And he was like, well, what people need to hear that? Like, who needs to hear the message that they're fuckable? Why is this so personally important to you? Who needs to hear this? And I was like, I need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's why this is my fight. It's like, as much as I'm doing this for other people, I'm doing this for myself mm-hmm. that like, I need to hear that I'm fuckable. Um, and maybe if I can convince the rest of the world that they're fuckable, I can convince myself that I am too. Oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be terrible if we had a really negative response to that and then just like shut you down and made it so you can never reveal anything? No, that like, I appreciate you saying that. And that would, that would, that would surprise a lot of people because uh, like everyone sees like a super hot dude on like YouTube. That's like, seems to have like self-confidence. So that's really interesting to hear, you know, that, that, that there's more going on there to you around like attractiveness and self-worth. Yeah, I mean, that's what they don't see are like the zillions of times that guys like cancel, you know, dates on me. They don't see the, um, you know, like the the issues that I had to deal with growing up being, you know, a, a fat kid that got picked on and that no matter how much time I spend in the gym, when I look in the mirror, like I, that kid still shows up, mm. you know, and, and um Anyway, I'm not saying that I have the hardest fight in the world, but uh, that, like, I think that's why this work is so important to me. Like, there is, I've got skin in the game, is, yeah. is I guess what I'm trying to say. Well, I think something that people have a difficult time with is you can be privileged in a lot of different ways, and whatever struggles you're going through are important to you. And, like, it's easy to dismiss, well, anyone that's super hot and talks about problems it's like but you're hot so it's like almost a way of dismissing what they're going through but hot people have hot problems too and it doesn't make it any less of an issue to them it's just like every if every response to someone's problem is well like there are starving kids in africa it's like well that doesn't that doesn't help me i'm still going through my thing and my thing is important to me like just because it's not the hardest thing in the world doesn't make it any less valid yeah, and to use like the extreme example of the porn stars that we were talking about earlier, like when you go to some of the porn blogs and you see like the comments that people leave where they just the only way that these porn stars are processed by by folks is 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 by their bodies, like how they look. Mm. And just the comments are so nasty about like this one's getting old, this one's getting fat, this one's muscles are too small, their dick is too small. Mm. Like it's just pulling 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 apart a person's appearance. And the appearance is the only way that these guys are evaluated. So like it just really in that very extreme example, like it it sets you up for realizing why like some of these guys are so insecure Mm. because they're told the only thing they're bringing to the table is how they look. And 
when how they look is is picked apart or when they get older and then their body starts to change like it just really sets you up for a difficult journey and i think that's the risk of being vulnerable and what can shut us down is if we porn you're being very physically vulnerable you're putting your body out there for everyone to look at and to get negative responses to your vulnerability I could see how that would make you then close off or and not want to do it anymore. Or, you know, if you get picked apart for being vulnerable, it feels like you would want to do it less. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. yeah. This is a vulnerability question. Okay. Okay. So is this guys... to, is this to take the attention off of you and your vulnerability? Yep. Cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So um, you guys both work out, you go to the gym. Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have. Oh, <laughs> that's this is one of my like discomforts. Is like I feel like I anyway. But you can ask All right, a question. So, so, Mike, why do you go to the gym? Oh, well, my I I could answer this for like why do I diet because that's like a similar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but you go first. I mean. I can think down the trail and try to say all the things about the end of the day is to be fuckable, right? Like it's exactly what you're, <laughs> oh, you're gonna, yeah, you're getting right to the yeah. yeah. But but when someone asks you in real life, is that what you say? No, 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 no. It's always you know some euphemism about oh, it's to be healthy or like it's, oh, I don't even fake that anymore. Like <laughs> I I've gotten past pretending that's why I do not. Well, I don't know. I don't care if I'm healthy. <laughs> I just care. <laughs> Uh, and that, that's why I diet is like, I don't like the way I, I see picture. I've never liked the way I've looked. Um, but like I see pictures of myself and I'm like, oh no, I have to lose. Well, I do have to lose weight and that uh, par- partially for my health actually, hmm. but that's not why I care. Right. Like there, there's, it's funny because I mean, we're having this conversation of vulnerability. So I think we're, we're kind of already well primed for it, but, uh, I had this conversation with someone on set the other day and, and he was saying that he's like, you know, I, I want to lose 10 pounds because like, I just see myself as, as 10 pounds later. Like I'm doing this, I'm doing this for me. Mm. And I'm like looking at him like, can, can we just call like bullshit on that? Like, <laughs> like, like maybe, maybe there's a 1% chance that you're really just doing this for you. But I feel like that's, again, that's that PR spin. It's the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. And, and so I was like starting to prod and he was like, well, why do you work out? He's like, you go to the gym two hours a day. Why do you do it? And, and I was like, all right, I can, I can walk this walk. You know, I can, I can be honest here. And I was like, look, like I'm vain and, (laughs) and I'm insecure. And I think that like, part of me thinks that if I don't have a good body, then what else could I possibly offer someone? And he was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like those moments that we have, you know, where you really like show up. And uh, but I think that's a perfect example when, when you talk about it's just an example of how we're not vulnerable with ourselves or honest with ourselves about what we're doing and why it's this. Do you think it's good for you to spend two hours in the gym every day? That was a, sounded very leading. I'm genuinely asking. Yeah. No, I think it is. Like, mm. and, and there are obviously health benefits, but I think my typical talking point would be like, yeah, like, you know, when I first started working out, it was because I wanted to look a certain way, but I really like the energy that it brings me. Mm-hmm. And I like how I feel when I, and, and all that is true, but like, that's not what's, what's driving my like almost like, almost an obsession to work out six, six days a week for two hours. Right. Like, like 
that is being motivated by something much bigger than that. And, and, and I think it is like, it is, it's those insecurities. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, yes, there's a lot of health benefits and like, it's probably mostly a good thing, but there, maybe there's a small percentage that's like, it's a bad thing for you. If there is some kind of like obsession with having to go to the gym to feel worthwhile, like maybe it's not always a good thing. And that like, if, if my body looks the way that I want it to look, then I don't have to deal with those, those Mm. insecurities. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot too. I'll send you guys an invoice for therapy. After Great. <laughs> um, would you would you ever take a week off of like exercise completely? Yeah, uh, I actually did when when we were f- filming this this retreat uh, in upstate New York because there just was no way to do everything and find a gym, and we were all kind of on the property. Um, but you did so like, I think- push-ups in your room, right? Yeah, I did. So, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like no exercise at all no physical activity i don't think i could for for why um because i would be uh i mean first of all i i i always think that i i wouldn't be in that situation because i could always find like an hour to work out in my room you know even if it means like sleeping less but the motivation there is because i would be afraid that my body would start to like my muscles would start to you know, atrophy or whatever it is. And yeah. you'd be uh, my tits would start to sag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, I mean, not for nothing, but, and this is another, another way to, to, to spin it and to not be vulnerable is to say that, well, a lot of like my body is part of my currency. It's part of uh, like, I can use it in certain ways to get attention to things that I want. So yeah. if I, if I came out with a new episode of our podcast that I can post a shirtless selfie on Instagram and I can use it as a way to get people to click that link. But yeah, there is a deeper insecurity that, that I think drives my, my workout neurosis. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I can definitely understand all those feelings. Also like they're logically not true. So like you like after a week, you're going to look pretty much how you look like that's not long enough to like get saggy tits. So my my i'm not even going to say challenge but like idea that i'll float into your brain is take a few days off do no exercise even if you have the time and just see how that feels (laughs) sit and sit in the feelings yeah (laughs) but like knowing that my body doesn't change by taking a couple days off of the gym still doesn't make me feel better about the person that i like I, i i think the work that i need to do is like understanding that I have more to offer the world than yeah, yeah. X. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, I, I that's was... a good portion, but yeah, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I deal with vulnerability by humor. That's a, I, we haven't talked about that, but I've demonstrated that like uh, every podcast episode. Yep. Anyway, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I, that's, that's why I think Kim Rose is really cool. Actually. Like you're, you're building a legacy. You're, you're putting something valuable out there and uh, I think it's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, and it's, for me, it's like, it's my Dharma. I feel like it's, it's what I love in life is the intersection of gay sex and joy, which is, which is what we film. And, um, what I love in life is like making that kind of sexual ecstasy accessible for people. Um, so it's not like abstract and nebulous. 
And um, to do that in a way that helps other people is, is I think what happens when we post this content, whether it's on YouTube or Himrose. So for me, like doing what you love driven by your passion in a way that helps other people, like it doesn't get better than that. Yeah. And, and so I really enjoy it, but you know, doesn't mean I have everything figured out. Um, look behind the curtain. We, when we were like emailing, we were like, Oh, like what other thing, like, you know, we've talked about like sexual things with you. Are there other things we could talk about? And you were kind of like, no, do I? No. <laughs> not you like, not really. Uh, you like the, you said you like the great British baking show. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah. Talk about some moist sponge. That's <laughs> that didn't, don't, that, don't want a soggy bottom. Yeah, that <laughs> I never mind. <laughs> it, but also, sex is the most interesting. Like, what's more interesting than sex? Hmm. Have you ever gotten really high and watched Bob's Burgers? <laughs> <laughs> because I would pick that over sex, like nine out of ten days out of the week. Wow. <laughs> It's a good, it's just a high quality TV show as all I'm saying. <laughs> Any whom. <laughs> Maybe we can do that in Palm Springs. When you, do, do people know that you're coming? To... No, no. Oh, but that was okay. a good time. No, we can talk oh, about it. We're, right. um, we're going down to Palm Springs. We're going to have like a bit of a, a it's a, a gayish retreat. Um, but yeah, then we're going to meet up with you and, and do crazy things and talk about them. I mean, this is related to vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Can we tell them what we're yeah. going to do? Yeah, sure. Do you want to tell them? No, you tell them. Well, <laughs> there's a place near my house here, which I've never been to. It's kind of like almost like an outdoor bathhouse. Like it's a hotel that people go to pretty much for the purpose of having sex. And I'm obviously I'm a very pro-sex person. My, I guess, um, nervousness around it comes from... I think the fact that I'm so accustomed to meeting guys like off of my phone and like there's this layer of comfort that the phone provides you. Uh, <clears throat> you can do there, like a lot of vetting before you like actually yeah. meet. Yeah. Like there it's very much like face to face. And also my understanding is that there's a lot of um, maybe like people that are under the influence of certain things. Like it could be, mm. you know, like party and play action going on, mm. but it's like right across the street from me and I'm curious to see like what it's all about. Yeah. This was really interesting when we like talked about this of like, I'm like, Oh, this makes me feel like very uncomfortable and brings up a lot of like personal body image issues. But to have you also say that it makes you uncomfortable, not only because like you're attractive, but also because you do all of this stuff, YouTube him like talking about sex positivity. It's, uh, that was something I was not expecting. I was very surprised to hear that. You thought I was going to be like, oh yeah, the sex, like the, that yeah, I'm going to, yeah, like take some loads. Come on guys. Get, yeah. get in the middle of the circle and I don't know, do whatever sexy thing you would want to do. Well, and, and preparing for this trip, talking about it, we, we've had a lot of really vulnerable conversations with each other about like the idea of having sex in front of Kyle or having Kyle see me do anything sex related is fucking terrifying. And, <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't want that either. We can. There's some lines we we maybe shouldn't cross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like seeing you. Yeah. Just just being there though, like just showing up and 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 walking through the door, and you know, if the three of us sit in the hot tub and just watch what's going on, like that's still gonna be terrifying yeah. for me. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna wear like a big parka. I'm gonna wear <laughs> like ski pants. I'm full gonna, body condom. Yeah, I'm gonna look like. Uh, who's the guy that always dies? Kenny in, <laughs> South, in Park. South Park. So did we, did we do it? 
Yes. We saw we saw everyone is All men are totally now. comfortable and will never shoot each other again. Perfect. <laughs> Except in the face. <laughs> with their jizz. With, with their nutter butter. <laughs> uh, so yeah, should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. Break. This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. So are we back? We're back. <laughs> we're back. Uh, we're going to do our gayest and straightest. We're going to do our gayest and straightest, but first, but first, Davey Wavy, where can people find you? What do you want them to know? Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to find me is on himrose.tv. And for uh, listeners of the podcast, they can do himrose.tv forward slash pod, P-O-D. And it's H-I-M-E-R-O-S, like the word him and eros. Uh, if you go to himrose.tv forward slash pod, you can get 20% off any of the membership levels. And Mike and I were like genuinely talking about separately just on our own time, like how much we like Himura. So like it, we genuinely appreciate what you're doing. We like it. It's hot. It's unique. So everyone should check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. If, if people are not satisfied with, if, if they want more than what they're seeing and, you know, Sean Cody or men.com or traditional porn sites, we kind of think of it as like gay porn, but evolved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. And for me, it's like you can incorporate that like, I'm still going to watch on Cody and fraternity X and totally tales. So it's like one more thing of like, it compliments it, your porn viewing experience. It can compliment your porn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, we mentioned it earlier, but Kyle and I were on the Himros live podcast uh, today, the same day that this drops. So yeah, check it out. Give that, that a listen. Uh, well, our website is gayishpodcast.com. Oh, all of our social media, Twitter, Instagram. Nope. Yeah, Instagram. Okay, I got confused. <laughs> Facebook. Uh, we are at Gayish Podcast or dot slash dot com slash Gayish Podcast. <laughs> Our hotline. You can send Shut us text up, messages. Davey, or... Don't laugh at me. <laughs> you can send us text messages or leave us voicemails. It's five eight five five Gayish. That's five eight five five four two nine four seven four. Standard rates apply. And our email is gayishpodcast at gmail dot com. Do people still have time to submit? Fan fit or uh, slash when fic? will this drop? When will this drop? I don't like. We're not. This drops the twenty sixth. Yes. So you. This have... is not an album. I don't like call, like calling it dropping. Like uh, what? I don't <laughs> this is not Cardi B's album dropping soon. My, this is my like... podcast. My my podcast is dropping. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. dropping. <laughs> I don't. I uh, just anyway. Uh, yeah. So we have put out into the universe the idea that we want Mike and Kyle slash fiction so that we can um, recreate it for you in an episode in October. So you have until September 30th to get your submissions in. There have been several already. I've started They're to read them. fantastic. I've make me very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I felt less uncomfortable because I'm like, people are like very much understand us in the show and they're like writing in specific things. So part of it is just funny. So yeah. like yeah. I'm appreciating it more than I thought. Um, yeah, but yeah, send those in. You have like two days at this point. So, yep. um, okay. Gayest and straightest. Yeah, let's do our gayest and straightest. Uh, Davey Wavy, would you like to kick us off? Sure. Uh, my, my gayest is that I just got back from a retreat of gay men out in the woods making gay porn and gay <laughs> documentaries. So that was pretty, <laughs> that was, that was pretty gay. My straightest was, I haven't had sex in a very long time, but just a few hours ago, a um a marine came over my house and he had never he had never sucked a dick before so he sucked Whoa. he sucked my dick which well i guess that's also pretty gay but that he was Okay, well, that's that's as straight as I get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was surprised. Marines with my dick. I, I, I was surprised that a marine, like it was an actual person that showed up. Like everybody I talked to online, as soon as they say they're in the military, I'm like, well, fuck, you're a fucking robot. Oh yeah, like uh, he send me was. money yeah. or <laughs> check, was he wearing his uniform? 
he had his dog tags on and he had like the Marine Corps tattoo on his, on his, on his chest. And he said, yes, sir. To me, when I asked him to do something, that felt pretty legit. I didn't know you were a Dom top. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) It was news to all of us. Uh, so I, I already said it a little bit ago, but the, the, the straightest thing about me uh, this week is going to see Incubus, which it was very broy in there. It, mm, like, yeah. it was just wall to wall, 35 to 45 year old white dudes. <laughs> um, and they looked very straight. You should. Are you telling me I should go to an Incubus? Yes, <laughs> you would. You would love it. You oh would God. love it. Oh my God, okay. uh, and the gayest thing about me this week. So last night I went and sat in with my cousin's band in eastern Washington for the Rock Island Redneck Days Festival. And uh, that was straight enough. But um, uh, sorry, th- that's not gay. The gay part was when I went to, w- I went into this, um, to the bathroom. I needed to pee before we went on stage and, uh, there were no dividers whatsoever in this bathroom. And so just like the gay panic that I had about yeah. like, Oh my God, all of like any of these people could hate crime me. Yep. A- and I ha- like, I just have to pee in front of everybody if that's what I need to do. Like, I hate that feeling so much, but I think it's a, it's a pretty gay thing to have that they're gonna hate crime you for just peeing i mean this is trump country are you gonna start like jerking people off (laughs) (laughs) i just get so awkward like i don't i i want i want to like look the appropriate amount like if you stare at the wall too intently then obviously you're not looking and that's suspect but if you like just fall and stare at dicks then that's suspect too i don't know dan is giving a very confused face but i like so you don't hang out in wenatchee dan i i have the same thing of like being when i was growing up like going into the locker room or yeah i'm the same way going into like in my mind is like I don't know how straight people act in this situation because I am not. And am I going to do something that reveals that I'm gay while I'm in this space where people's dicks are out? Not that I'm trying to, but like, oh, someone's going to figure it out. But because I do the wrong thing and that's where the hate crime comes in. Yeah, I get that. Thanks. Thank no you problem. for translating for me. For, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's I think for them, the appropriate so, amount of looking at their dicks is zero percent. Yeah. 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 It's straight people. I feel like every now and then are like, what you got? okay cool like you know they wouldn't linger it's the lingering that's anyway okay um okay my straightest thing is we uh i went to trivia with some friends and uh i knew the answer the la galaxy as a soccer team wow yeah wow thank you how did you know that well wherever posh place goes i got it it's like i heard posh move to la so why oh okay no 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 i actually knew that he like uh d-backs moved and and started kicking the ball there um the gayest thing i think is the other day mike you and i were playing what i've now coined in my head or like the phrase i now think of is is he attractive or just wearing a backwards hat yeah like that's the game we were playing (laughs) and 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 just every dude with a backwards hat uh, kyle is just like oh my god i'm in love with him okay (laughs) being so illuminating being like honest on like grinder and scruff like i have before said to guys like please wear a backwards <laughs> not often but like when i'm feeling like i can ask for what i want or they seem bro enough that they would yeah wear a backwards hat and alternate between choking me and flexing please oh my god or both at the same time why do we have to pick just one and call me dude while while i'm blowing <laughs> exactly Bra. call me bro stuff. um yeah anyway uh, so 
That's it. A special thank you to Davey Wavy for being here once again. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah, we're excited to meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and thanks to all the gay porn stars that went to, or and and non porn stars that went to Davy Wavy's chanter retreat and were vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, is it clear that's the end of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <We're loopy. laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so that's it. This has been Gayish. I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be Bush, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. Did that sound like I said be Bush? It did. Cool. It did. I mean, have a Bush. <laughs> Be fabulous for you. They're coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hi, Kyle from the future. You're cutting this part. This is so fun. Are you enjoying editing? Happy Wednesday night to you. Possibly Thursday early in the morning, depending on when you start.